and welcome to episode number 121 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, and I would say join each and every week by Brett Colson or Brad Allen. We were going to talk down everything here, but things have come up and you are getting a solo pod from me, guys. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you hear these podcasts in your ears, please go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We really do appreciate it. If you want to follow the main accounts on Twitter, at the Lines US at PlayPixUS, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. I'll give you a quick update on what's going on in the NBA, in the NHL, and then we're going to talk some U.S. Open golf. We are also going to talk Thursday night football. Do not worry. Brad and Brett will be back on Friday for our big main pod where we go down everything we're looking for in the week of the NFL. Good start for me. Good start for Brett. Brad has a little bit of work to do over in the Circa Millions and we'll discuss those plays and everything that we have going over there as well. But let's start things off here in the NBA. If you have been hiding under a rock and not watching Bubble NBA, I feel sorry for you. The Bubble NBA has been amazing. I am on record as saying fans can come back next year to regular season games. They are not allowed in the playoffs. Give me Bubble basketball forever in the playoffs. I mean, this has been phenomenal. This The level of play here has been so incredibly good. The storylines have been so incredibly good. Everything was absolutely amazing. I love it, and I hope that it is here to stay. It will not be. I'm just saying. I'm advocating for it to be here to stay. So the Clippers blow a 3-1 to one series lead. The Denver Nuggets advance in seven games. We are talking something here that you just never ever see teams coming back from 3-1 and whenever we look at how this all broke down it was a multiple time occasion for this Los Angeles Clippers team to go in and lose big leads and they lost double digit leads in every single game that they lost and if you look back to the elimination game seven, yet again, they are sitting at, with they are sitting with an eleven point lead with two forty three left in the first half. They're up fifty four to forty three. Everything seems to be going kind of their way, and then they do what they've done the entire series. And there's this gigantic lull, and Jamal Murray takes over, scores a quick nine points to close out the half, and so instead of a double digit deficit, the Nuggets go into halftime with a two-point deficit instead, and the rest, as they say, is history. Completely changed the dynamic of the game, and with that, we have the Denver Nuggets moving on to face the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Now, if you wanted to play that series, it is going to cost you a little bit of money, as you would imagine. The Lakers over at DraftKings, minus 625 to win the series. If you want the Denver Nuggets, plus 450 for them to win the series against the LA Lakers. Now, if you do kind of look at how this is all going to break down, I mean, Anthony Davis should be able to defend Nikola Jokic much, much better than anybody that they had on the Clippers' side of the ball. I mean, Montrezl Harrell struggled mightily against Joker down low. They had to switch to uh, Zubats down there, who, again, he's just not very big. He's not very much of a factor 
on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, but he was their best option against uh, Joker, and it just didn't work out. And excellent play from Jamal Murray when they needed it most, and they move on. But again, huge, huge series dogs, plus 450. Lakers minus 625. The Heat win game one in this uh, over the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Final. It was another great game. That game went to overtime, and the Heat do pull it out. As we sit right now, the series price, Heat minus 162, Celtics plus 132, with the Heat holding a 1-0 lead in that one. Now, we do have game two in that series that is coming up tomorrow. This is getting recorded on Wednesday morning. So this will be uh, getting recorded. I mean, this will be this game will be going off on Thursday. With that, the Celtics two and a half point favorites as they enter that one, 208 and a half on the total. Friday begins that Nuggets and Lakers series where the Lakers are going to go in as six and a half point favorites in that game. One total of 212. I will be staying away from both of these games. Um, The Heat really had to battle to get that game with the Celtics. Two and a half seems fair and six and a half on the Lakers Nuggets seems pretty fair as well. Maybe something a little closer to time again if you want to follow me on Twitter at Matt Brown M2 if I have any late thoughts on that one. On the NHL side of things, the Stars knock out the Knights, the Golden Knights go home. Um it was just never a it, it it did not look like they were willing to not not that they were willing to be there. They that's that's unfair to say. It definitely looked like they were not ready to actually contend in that series. The Knights never really looked like they were going to be able to knock off the Stars, and of course that is just not what happened. So um, Stars move on. Lightning and the Islanders, that game is on Thursday as well. That game has now gone to game six. The Islanders win in overtime in game five to stay alive. Lightning do leave the series three to two. We're looking at right now the Lightning minus 155 on the money line. Islanders plus 133 on the comeback. I typically bet hockey games live, so I don't have any plays on that one either. But I do like to kind of get in if I think there's a good good opportunity. So Lightning fall down. If you like the Lightning side, right, you're getting minus 155 right now. Say they fall down early, just real quick on a, on a kind of a flute goal or something by the Islanders. You are going to get a much more favorable price on the lightning than the 155. And then if you look on the other side with the Islanders, if you like them, price isn't going to really get worse unless they go up. So you can hold out a little bit longer if you want to and try to get a little bit more favorable number in the game on the Islanders. But again, if you think that there's a chance that they get up early, then you will need to go ahead and jump on that 155. I mean, 133 pregame. U.S. Open golf, guys. It is our next major here in the weirdest of years. But boy, I cannot wait. I think the product that they have put out, the product that the PGA has put out since the restart has been absolutely phenomenal. I cannot say enough about what they have done with everything, how well they have handled everything. Look, I understand. I want to go to golf tournaments too. There's one here in Las Vegas every year that I like to go out to. I was actually going to try to make the Masters this year as well um so there was there look i want to go to golf tournaments as well that being said i do not think the fans being uh not on the course affects anything at all 
if anything, I actually think it's better. You heard a couple of these guys talk, and I think they've kind of stopped talking about it because they understand what the fans mean to the game. But saying that without the fans on the course, all the distractions are gone, right? I mean, you're not listening to people chatter, and you're not getting the stupid, you know, get in the hole after every single time a, a ball is hit, and you're not getting the cameras and the shutters and the flashes and things like that, and you're just actually concentrating on playing golf and tell you for me it has equaled the best golfing product that I've ever seen on tour and then if you look at all the young stars that are out there as well golf is not going anywhere I think golf has the rocket ship as far as legalized sports betting continues to expand I think golf could be on a rocket ship as far as popularity goes and I think that this tournament could help this week as well and a little bit overshadowed by the NFL's return and not as many eyeballs as before will be on this. But um, again, golf, such a great way to bet. You get a four-day sweat out of it as well, unless your guy gets cut, of course, and then you're only going to get a two-day sweat out of that. But you're good enough that you're picking guys that are making the cut. So that's what I'm just going to consider a four-day sweat because you're not betting any of these guys that are getting cut. Um, So take a look at the U.S. Open here. This is at Wingfoot Golf Club West Course. It's going to play about 7,450 yards. Par 70 here, Uh, just two par fives out there. Only one of them is likely to be reachable. Number nine is a 565. They might be able to get to that one if they can put a drive in the fairway. We know how long guys are these days, so they might be able to get to that one. Number 12 is a 633 yarder, however, likely not going to be very many people going at that one in two. There are seven par fours between 450 and 500 yards out there. So just imagine what you're going to need to be able to do whenever you are playing here. And that is one, you need accuracy because you need to be playing from the short stuff. And two, you need to be pretty good with long irons because you're going to be taking some pretty long iron shots into these greens uh, with all these par fours playing so incredibly long. If you guys haven't seen already, the rough is super, super deep out here at, at Wingfoot, we are talking, they took one of those like tall boy cans. It was a, it was an Arnold Palmer can, uh, stuck it down in the rough into the grass, pulled it out. You could hardly see the can in the grass. That's how deep this rough is. It is absolutely absurd. It is going to be very penal to these players that hit it into that rough. There is a first cut. That's only, I say only about three ish, three and a half inches, something like that if you just barely miss the the fairway. So it's not as bad and people will be able to play out of that one and will be able to, to hit normal shots. But when you get into that actual proper cut of rough, there are going to be a lot of pitch outs. There are going to be a lot of people who are just trying to play back into the fairway and then go from there because you're just not going to be able to take a, a stroke at this that's going to be able to come anywhere near the green. So it's going to be very interesting. And that's why I'm just looking at players this week more than anything on driving accuracy. I want my guys in the short stuff. I know there are Houdini players out there that are be able to, that are going to be able to do crazy things out of this rough. Big, strong guys that you're going to not be able to see the ball at all. And we're going to be going, how in the hell did he get that ball anywhere even relatively close to the green, much less the hole? That is going to happen. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. But by and large, this rough is going to be very, very penal. I want my guys to be in the fairway. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I mean, narrow sloping fairways on this thing as well. 
they're between like 19 and 23 yards wide. If you guys remember how difficult the BMW played a few weeks ago at Olympia Fields and how guys were missing the fairways left and right there, those fairways are actually like 26 yards wide. So they were even wider than what we're going to get here at Wingfoot West. And I imagine there's going to be a lot of people playing out of the rough. It's going to be bad, fast, undulating greens. You're going to see all kinds of craziness as well. Head to the the Twitter machine or the YouTube. You can see kind of people throwing, rolling balls up the hill and just watching them do these crazy things. I mean, the greens are going to be nuts as well. This thing played here in 2006, this tournament. Just kind of let you know how difficult this is. 50% of fairways were hit that whole tournament, 52% of greens and regulation, 40% scrambling rate out of that tournament. So you can just tell very, very, very tough conditions. They're expected to be every bit that this week. 144 players, no Brooks Kepka is going to be in this tournament. The top 60 in ties move on. Brooks Kepka pulled out due to injury in that one. So top 60 in ties will be moving on here. Before we get into the people I like, I'm just going to talk about one of the people that I don't like, and this is someone that Brett and I were on for a while there as we came out, but things have just gone really awry for Bryson DeChambeau, and with that, I'm going to be on a DeChambeau fade, and I know that is crazy to think about that I'm going to be on a DeChambeau fade, but that is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be on a Bryson DeChambeau fade. If we take a look at these odds, guys, Dustin Johnson is your odds-on favorite to win over at DraftKings. He is your odds-on favorite to win actually everywhere. Plus 850 at DraftKings, plus 850 at FanDuel, and 800 over at BetMGM. So you can see Dustin Johnson is the man to beat here according to the odds. You can get plus 200 on a top five and even money on a top 10. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson is how it goes over at DraftKings as far as everybody that is 25 to 1 or shorter to win this thing. Rahm at 9 to 1, Thomas at 14 to 1, Shoffley 15 to 1, Morikawa 17, Rory 18, and Webb comes in at 25. You can head over to FanDuel, and this is why we say all the time here, we were talking about this with football, but you got to do this with golf. You got to do this with everything. You got to have multiple accounts. Go to thelines.com, click on your state at the top, and sign up for all of our sign-up offers and bonuses and things like that. Because say you like Webb this week, and you only have a DraftKings account, and like I said, he is playing at 25 to 1 to win. But then we go over and we look and we say, oh, man, I really do like Webb this week. He's 28 to 1 over at FanDuel. I don't have a FanDuel account. Well, get a friggin' FanDuel account, right? 28 to 1. Whenever you're talking, you know, a $50 bet or a $100 bet, I mean, getting that extra, getting that extra 3 to 1 is huge. It's an extra $150 on your $50 bet. It's an extra $300 on your $100 bet. But the main takeaway here is if you are going to be betting these futures, be sure and shop around because these numbers do vary from book to book and certainly uh, are ways that you're going to want to maximize your profit here. So be sure and do that whenever you're looking around for your futures bets. But for me, big fade on Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to be off of him this week. I'm going to actually be betting against him at every opportunity, I think, for uh, head-to-heads. So um, 
something, maybe a strategy you want to go at. He has just been really off form here over the last month or so after really looking like a world beater out there for the longest amount of time, but just has not been able to put things together. And with that, I'm going to be looking to bet against on him. A guy's a bet on for me is Xander Shoffley. You listen to the podcast, you know, I can't go a week without talking about Xander Shoffley. So here we go again, three career U.S. Open starts. He's gone T5, T6, and T3, eight straight top 25 finishes on on the PGA Tour this year for uh, Xander Shoffley. Without bonus strokes in the Tour Championship, he would have won the thing. He had the lowest 72-hole score out of anybody, so he would have, you know, again, without any bonus strokes, Xander Shoffley was the winner of the Tour Championship and really liked the way that he has been playing. Look, I understand that there are a couple of warts on his game, but if you just really look at everything else, I mean, off the tee, how he putts, how he could be able to scramble if if necessary, if need be, um, on on Xander a lot this week. So gonna gonna find a lot of not only a futures ticket on him, but I'm going to be looking more kind of t- some top 10s, top 20s, and then also Xander in head-to-heads as well. Uh, Martin Keimer, another guy that I'm looking at as a long shot here. I'm going to have a small, small future on him. You can actually get him at 100 to 1 out there right now, 100 to 1 plus, depending on where you want to go about betting this. Look, Martin Keimer is a former champion, and he has also started to play much much better of recent and I like recent form and a guy that can hit fairways and that's again what I'm looking for a guy that can hit fairways a guy that's not going to be struggling hopefully as as much as some of the other guys out there some of these some of these tee shots that end up in the in the the end up in the rough guys are going to equal double and triple bogeys very very quickly so not looking to be a part of that So Martin Keimer, another guy I'm looking at, Tommy Fleetwood, looks like he started to figure things out a little bit, guys. He was, oh, it went back overseas, was able to really get his, uh, really start to get his game together. And that was, there were a couple of things that I was disliking a lot about, uh, uh, about what I was seeing from Tommy Fleetwood when he first came back over here. But instead, man, he, his, uh, his Tita Green over there and um, over this overseas this past week was was really great. And I think that this is like, I love Tommy Fleetwood as a golfer. He was everyone's on everyone's hot list there for a while. And then after COVID, things just kind of after the COVID break, things kind of fell apart. I think he's putting his game back together here. Not necessarily an outright on him. I think more of a, of a top 20, maybe even a top 10 bet on Tommy Fleetwood. You're still getting plus 350 odds on a top 10 bet for Fleetwood. And remember, you get paid out even if that thing is a tie. So Tommy Fleetwood, another guy on my on my radar here. And I'm also going to be playing some uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, you know, mixed bag for him over the last five events. If you kind of go in and look as to see what's what's going on with him, uh, there is, you know, there's there's two missed cuts over the last five events. But then there's also a tie for third at Memorial. There's a tie for sixth at the St. Jude tied for sixth at the BMW as well. The guy's got a really good, uh, really good putting stroke, something that this these greens are going to torment people this week. And so, you know, guys that at least, you know, are going to miss close 
and they're not going 20 feet past the hole whenever they miss something like the, whenever they miss a putt. So I'm going to be looking, uh, I'm going to be looking at Matthew Fitzpatrick pretty hard. Tenth in the field in fairways gained. So uh, another stat that I really do like here. And I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be on him pretty hard. I might even get a full-on future on him, but certainly be looking for him in head-to-heads and certainly be looking for him in top 20s and top 10 bets as well on Fitzpatrick. Outside of that, guys, I'm not going to sit here and not tell you to play Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, or Justin Thomas. I think all three of those guys are incredibly strong plays this week. You look at what Rahm has done to difficult courses so far this year, and he has just been an absolute world beater. He has been incredible when it comes to these hard courses. And it's you know big, strong dude that if anyone can handle What's going to happen with these roughs? I mean, in the rough, should he end up there? It would be a guy like John Rahm. And so uh, I'm going to be on him as well. Would never fault you for playing Dustin Johnson. Would never fault you for playing Justin Thomas. I'm probably going to look to play Justin Thomas more in head-to-heads in some, uh, in depending on the matchups because Justin Thomas just is, is, a, is just a dog. He's a guy that's going to go out there and battle each and every single week. And if I find him in some advantageous head-to-head matchups, that's where I'm going to be looking to play him here. But it is going to be a member the member guys, the odds update after every single round. So be sure and go in, take a look, see if there's anything that you think is a little bit advantageous for you and get in on some bets on that. On the NFL side of things, we've got Thursday night football, Bengals and the Browns real quick, just some NFL news that you're going to want to monitor as we continue on. Michael Thomas likely to miss Monday night football for the Saints. James Conner rolled his ankle, so you'll want to watch that for the Steelers. Cortland Sutton missed for the Broncos on the Cowboys side of things. Leighton Vander Esch and Blake Jarwin got moved to injured reserve. Uh, over on the Jet side, a couple of players to IR for them as well. Le'Veon Bell, Denzel Mims to IR. David Njoku, IR for the Browns. Marlon Mack, IR for the Colts, and then the 49ers receiving situation is something we're going to need to monitor. There's just all kinds of problems over there. Debo Samuel has been moved to IR. Brandon Ayuk dealing with a massive injury. Then there was a hit on George Kittle's knee as well, where he was never the same after the first uh, after the first after the first uh, half there. So just something to pay attention to there as well. As we move into Thursday night football. The Bengals are going to head take on the Browns on the road here. We are looking at a six-point spread at DraftKings. It's actually sitting at five and a half over at FanDuel. If you want to play it, it's sitting at six over at BetMGM in favor of the home team Browns. Of course, the Browns got boat raced by the Ravens in week one. The Bengals lost a heartbreaker to the Chargers where Joe Burrow had kind of done a really good two-minute drill. Come down, look like he hit A.J. Green in the end zone for the game winner and said A.J. Green gets called for an offensive pass interference. And with that, uh, that's where we stood on that one. Jarvis Landry did pop up on the injury report for the Browns, so something you're going to want to monitor as we head into that one a little bit. Um, Bengals on that side of the ball, can Joe Burrow just be a little more accurate in his second start? He missed some pretty big throws. While he looked great on that two-minute drill, and he did. He looked amazing. He looked like an NFL quarterback. It could have been the beginning of the legend of Joe Burrow. But uh, it, it, you know, earlier in the game, he missed some wide open receivers, uh, namely John Ross, who had gotten behind the def- defense, which is you know what John Ross does, right? I mean, he's a speedster. And Joe Burrow missed him on one on something that would have definitely been a sure touchdown. It was his first start in the NFL. 
I'm not going to hold anything against Joe Burrow. Obviously, Joe Burrow is uh, is, is is near and dear to my heart. But just want to say uh, he's got to be more accurate. He's certainly got to be more accurate on the deep ball. As we move forward here, the cornerback situation in Cleveland is not good. So there's a lot to like as far as him picking on this secondary for Cleveland. So can he do it? Only week into the season, but the Bengals offense graded out at 26th in the league by pro football focus. That being said, their defense shockingly graded out at 7th. So the defense actually played incredibly well. Um, I did not go back and rewatch that one. I typically rewatch a lot of games on all 22. Didn't rewatch that one. Guess I didn't realize how well they played. I thought it was more the Chargers just playing terrible, but I guess there was a lot to, um, I guess it was a pretty big, pretty big step up on that defensive side of the ball for the Bengals. On the Brown side of things, Baker Mayfield played incredibly terrible in that game against the Ravens, uh, averaged only 4.8 yards per attempt. Odell only had three catches for twenty for twenty two yards. Browns did find a little success on the ground with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt went for seventy two yards on the ground. Nick Chubb went for sixty yards on the ground. So they did have a little bit of success there. But I mean, at the end of the day, not exactly where you're going to. Uh, not exactly we're going to make any any hay here. Only averaging four point eight yards per attempt, and then Odell only going three for twenty two. So going to have to really, really step it up for the Browns. I, first, when I looked at this number, I felt that it was a little bit short. I mean, I, th- I thought the Browns were getting a little disrespected whenever you kind of look at this. I mean, yeah, they got destroyed by the Ravens, but the Ravens are one of the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, they're right behind the Chiefs when it comes to everything. And the Ravens just did Raven things. And the Browns, unfortunately, did Browns things, but they're playing, again, the second best team, if not the best team in all the NFL. So I'm not going to really hold it against him here. I'm Initial lean here is towards the Browns at home when you're getting a rookie quarterback on the road on a short week. You know, that's the other thing here with the Bengals in this game is it's Joe Burrow on the road on a short week for the first time in his NFL career. Um, Should this thing go the other way, though? I mean, if I start getting looking towards like a full touchdown on the Bengals, it's certainly something that maybe could could pique my interest a little bit more. A lot of time between now and kickoff, so we'll see how this thing moves. Total sitting at 43 and a half. 43 uh, at MGM, 43 flat over at uh, FanDuel, and then 43 and a half over at DraftKings. So uh, that total has come down a lot. This thing opened at 46, and it has come down to uh, 46 and a half even over at DraftKings has come down a full three points. People did not like what they saw from either one of these offenses, and this thing uh, plummeted down to 43 and a half, where it sits right now under the 44 for sure. Uh, no play for me. This thing starts to trickle. Maybe, uh, you know, people like to bet overs. So with this being a standalone game, maybe if this thing gets back up to 44, over 44 even, um, might be something I would look at as far as an underplay, but not that right now. More with both of these teams, kind of a wait and see. want to see how they end up in game two. Can the Browns bounce back? Can the Bengals take a step forward here? How do they react on a short week? All the things that we're going to be looking for kind of here early on in the season. So uh, no real big plays for me. Maybe whenever the player props do come out for this game might be something that I'll be looking for to to play, maybe some yardage stuff and whatever. But uh, those are not out yet. Those typically hit you know a little bit later in the day today on Wednesday so um, check my Twitter as well Matt Brown M2 if there's any of those that I see that I like I'll be sure and 
let you guys know in this Bengals and Browns game. Again, we'll be back on Friday with the full NFL preview. Me, Brad, and Brett will have some video stuff for you as well over on the YouTube channel, so be sure and head over there. You can find that at the lines as well, so be sure and go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Everything we do is free. All of our sites, everything on the YouTube channel, obviously free. So we kind of break down these, these definitely these standalone games that go in our place of the week and uh, everything like that. So be sure and get in over there. Hit that subscribe button. We really do appreciate that. This is where I typically would say for Brad and for Brett, but they're not here. So um, for me, for me, talk to you guys on Friday.